1: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective,
0: 2020 on Vision. For a lot of Christians, having a head full of theology without real-life application can seem to some like a waste of time. Well, our special guest today has just released a new book with commentary on the Old Testament book of Ruth, In the biblical story, these were dark days, full of suffering, brought about by the Israelites' apostasy and immorality. Part of the judgments God brought upon the Israelites included famine and war. Famine drove Naomi's family out of Bethlehem into the neighboring land of Moab. Her sons married Moabite women. One was Orpah and the other was Ruth. Naomi's husband and two sons all died. Naomi eventually returned to Bethlehem with Ruth because she heard that the Lord had visited his people in giving them food. Ruth remained with Naomi and they both returned to Bethlehem where Ruth later marries Boaz. So the author of this new book says his is a somewhat different commentary, one that can be read for pleasure as well as for spiritual growth. And it has a special appeal for country people rather than those in an urban setting. Edgar Stubbersfield says he tried to tie the lessons of Ruth back to the issues that he could see in his own rural community. Edgar Stubbersfield's book is called Ruth, a somewhat different commentary. Edgar, a special welcome along to 2020. Well, thank you, Neil. It's a great pleasure to be here. Edgar, when we talk about rural communities, uh, just paint a picture for us because I'm absolutely fascinated. Uh, you're a part of a little church about 10 minutes out of the, uh, the town of Gatton, which is just west of Brisbane. And uh, your church is set in a potato field.
2: Uh, paint us a picture of what home is like for you. Well, uh, my home, of course, is timber. I'm an old sawmiller. Looking over a lake, I'm blessed uh, with my physical home and I'm also blessed with my spiritual home. Uh, Baptist Church in the middle of a potato field of the Locker Valley is uh, one of the top ten agricultural areas of the world and uh, the Tent Hill area is probably the pick of it. And, uh, you know, if, you, if you've got water, it just gives and gives and gives.
0: Wonderful, and you mention you're an old sawmiller, and uh, this is not your first book that you've written, which is uh, a book about a Bible character, a Bible book, the Book of Ruth, uh, but you're a bit of an expert when it comes to uh, to
2: timber. Well, I've published 21 books on timber now, so uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose I can class myself as an authority on timber. Uh, I specialize in weather exposed timber, things like bridges, boardwalks, decks, and, you know, it is quite possible to make a deck that doesn't fall apart in the weather quickly. You've got to take a great uh, deal of care and attention on how you do things and the material you use, but it's actually not that hard. Well, we'll have to
0: have a word after our conversation, uh, because uh, an expert on timber decks and uh, timber in general, uh, it's, it's a wonderful foundation.
2: Well, it's hey, a very spiritual foundation. Remember, right. our, Lord, our Lord was a carpenter. <laughs> absolutely <You> right. <laughs> <laughs> Every piece of timber you find, there's something wrong with it. And yet, you know, you can make useful things out of material that's imperfect. And our good Lord spent uh, 30 years making useful things out of uh, imperfect materials, and he's still doing it today. Well, when we
0: open our talkback lines, there might be listeners with a question about timber or about the book of Ruth. Well, uh, we'll look forward to that. Hey, you've written your book, uh, Ruth. Now, Ruth, such an important character in the sense that uh, she is, in fact, the great great that the sorry let me just get this right the great grandmother of king david so in the lineage and ancestry of jesus himself is it significant to you when you're writing a commentary about the book of ruth just uh, how significant she is as a
2: character well she is it's a, really a book I've, I've i've loved the book and uh, you know the fact that she is uh, the grandmother great grandmother of david is is icing on top, it's just uh, how wonderful these people live in uncertain times, trusting their good Lord. Let's talk about something I mentioned
0: in the introduction, that some of the things that we'll talk about in the book of Ruth particularly resonate with people who live in rural communities, in country areas, and, and you've even got some thoughts that some of the, the truths and some of the wonderful things that you can glean from the Book of Ruth
2: don't resonate so much with people who live in the city. No, well, that's right. I mean, we've got a story that's from the late Bronze Age, over 3,000 years old, but for our country uh, people that the issues are, are still very much the same, Drought. Well, we had a 10-year drought and then uh, into another one that was, wasn't much shorter. Uh, so we know about drought. We know about um, suffering. We know about citizenship. We, we know about uh, poverty. We know about men and women of uh, virtue. We, uh, in the farm communities, we have the issue of foreign seasonal workers and we have, um, have the big issue of who gets the farm, big issue up our way. So, yeah, the issues are very, very uh, relevant. And when we touch on those
0: sorts of issues, when you touch on uh, drought, uh, foreign workers, all of these things are in the headlines of the news uh, every day, Uh, certainly with foreign workers right now. Drought, uh, perhaps we're out of drought in a lot of communities. Some communities will still be suffering drought. Uh, But the thought even of, of what happens to the family property because you've got... Uh, people who are on a family property and maybe the kids have left to the city and they're wondering what to do with that, or one partner dies and what do we do with all of the things that are in
2: the family property? These are the sorts of things that are a part of the story in Ruth. They are. They're very, very uh, real issues. I mean, you've got a farm, one farm, and uh, you might have three sons. Well, it mightn't be big enough to support three sons. Who gets a farm? It might only support one. Yeah, big issues. All right. And so uh, you've got those other elements,
0: uh, godly women and uh, those ones who like Naomi as a widow uh, and, uh, you know, who cares for Naomi uh, and uh, who cares for... The family and who actually makes up family, whether it's loyal, those who are loyal or those who are disloyal. I mean, there's
2: there's all sorts of issues in there. Oh, there is. You know, you you take that uh, society which was barely above the subsistence level. I mean, what was Naomi? Drain on resources, but the Book of Ruth says, no, she is valuable and to be valued, even though she can't contribute anything. And there's issues around
0: citizenship because uh, here you have Ruth who was uh, not an Israelite, she was a Moabite woman, but because of her loyalty to Naomi, she gets taken under the wing of Boaz and welcomed into a community even though she's a foreigner. Uh, so these sorts of things, uh, how does that
2: uh, relate? Is there, a, is there a connection there in a modern a modern way? Well, uh, you think back in the days of uh When the pandemic first hit, we heard stories, whether they're true or not, of uh, people buying um, uh, protective equipment and sending it back to their home countries. may or may not be true, but is that citizenship? In Ruth, you see someone who is totally committed to a new people and to a new land. And you see in there that she's accepted first by Naomi, a mother-in-law, then by the community and by God. And the commitment to her new land is total, above all things. For you, Ted, and uh,
0: let me call you Ted because that's what your friends call you. Ted, uh, what's so special about this Old Testament book of Ruth? There must be something in your own studies, and I know you've gone on and you've done some formal theological study as well. And uh, you're not just an expert on timber. But for you, what's drawn you to this book of Ruth? Because when you read the book of Ruth, you're seeing your, your neighbours. You're am, seeing the people are in
2: your town and uh, yeah. the, the challenges they're going through. Well, you know, I, I suppose my favourite book should be the Gospels because they talk of Jesus. But in reality, Ruth is my favourite book because it's the life I know. There are no miracle workers. There's no king's palaces. There's no generals. There's no armies. It's just country people living the life that God expects them to live.
0: When someone who's living in the country today picks up the book of Ruth, is it going to be obvious when they start to read through the narrative, read through the story, that there is something that is especially relevant to them?
2: Well, the same issues keep coming up. The same, they have to be reinterpreted in a different way. For instance, during the drought, we never saw anybody out uh, gleaning for a living and in fact, you couldn't because you couldn't have anybody on the field because of workplace health and safety. You can't have them on the field because of uh, quarantine. And um, so it's just not possible. But it has to be reinterpreted in a big issue, in, in a different way, contemporary way. But we still have the poor with us, the very poor with us. And the interesting thing is that gleaning, that provision by God for the poor, was to everyone, irrespective of their worth, irrespective of their nationality. They're all to be cared for. Having just laid a little bit of a foundation
0: on some of these thoughts, I wonder whether we might come back to the story, and you might like to relay the story in a nutshell uh, in the way that you think of it. And, And someone says to you, Hey, Ted, uh, what's the book of Ruth about? And for listeners today, I mean, I had the the joy of uh, reading some commentary and uh, reading uh, the actual uh, text from uh, the Bible, from the book of Ruth before the conversation today. But for some listeners, they might not be thinking, uh, what's this story all about again? Let's let's recount some of that. Just a a few thoughts from your own way of describing what the book of Ruth is about.
2: Okay, well... uh it starts off with um, the people of Israel had, uh, were doing some pretty dreadful things and the good Lord judged them through uh, a drought and um, there's a lot of collateral damage. The good get uh, caught up with the, with the bad and that sort of a thing and uh, they had to um, leave Bethlehem and they went oh, only about 70 k's away to Moab and um, they stayed there for 10 years. And now I heard one comment and say, droughts don't last for 10 years. Well, I can assure you, having lived in the Lockyer Valley, droughts last for 10 years. And um, during that time, poor old Naomi lost her husband. She lost her two sons. And in those days, you, your you're living, you're, your survival depended on male uh, husband and, and, and sons. And they were destitute. And uh, so she basically said, well, I'm packing up from Moab and I'm going back to Israel to die. She thought it was better to trust God in Israel than to die in a foreign land, even if she was going to be poor. And and she was accompanied by Ruth. And um, Ruth committed herself totally to a woman. In that society, you found your security with a man. But she said, no, I am tying myself to this woman. Went back and life was Grim, she said, Naomi said, call me bitter, call me Mara the Lord has done dreadful things to me but she came back at the time of the barley harvest, the drought was over and there she was facing a life, she and uh, Ruth of abject poverty, just scratching a living from the leftovers of the harvest and amazingly there from destitution, she marries the richest man in town And a man who was glad to do his, what was his duty. And um, they had a family again. And Naomi was able to uh, feed her grandchild. It was just total reverse. Though there's some dreadful things happening in life, she learned that the good Lord can be trusted with, uh, with the circumstances and the providences of life and the weather. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Our
0: special guest is Edgar Fields. Edgar has written a book called Ruth, a somewhat different commentary. And when we talk about a Bible book uh, for Edgar, or Ted to his friends, uh, Ted's written about the sorts of things that are so relevant to people, especially those who are living in country areas, those who have got to put up with some of the hardships that are accompanying, like drought, and what happens when one partner dies and leaves a spouse all alone, a widow, and they, those sorts of things are tackled in the sorts of uh, in in the book of Ruth that we get from the Old Testament. And the way that there's a slightly different focus on the commentary here. So you've got Naomi, and she's gone off to Moab. Yep. Her daughter, her sons married two Moabite women, yep. and then all. Then Naomi's fa- husband and her two sons, they all died. They all died. I mean, it's, it's, tragic. it's tragic. So you've got three widows. Three widows. One of them decides to go back to her home uh, in Moab, and then Ruth accompanies Naomi back to Israel to be in Bethlehem. Widows, widows and losing a loved
2: one. Uh, how do you reflect on those things, Ted? Well, having lost my father and know how deep sorrow can be, uh, you can't imagine how black life would be because then they've got the added uh, dimension of abject poverty. Who's going to care for them? They've just got to go out and basically beg and uh, scratch the leftovers from the harvest. I mean, it was a life of, of abject poverty. So... We live in a land
0: where we have a wonderful welfare safety net. Yeah. yeah. Uh, In those days, they did not. And so you have godly people like Boaz. So when you have Naomi and Ruth, they're back in Bethlehem. The drought is over and you've got Naomi and Ruth both still living in their poverty because they've just come back from Moab and you've got, kind-hearted people like Boaz. Now, Boaz has an employer. Boaz has a farmer who all of a sudden has got a good crop. What's that?
2: What's the, What's meaningful there in our Australian context? Well, it's what you do about it. Now, you, the, the law had uh, rules about gleaning. It had to... The farmer couldn't harvest to the edge of his field. It had to be left for the poor. <clears throat> but, um, you know, the law didn't say how much you've got to leave how wide it had to be and this act of gleaning the provision for the act of gleaning by the landowner was an act of worship how much can i trust god with i've got to have so much for my own food but how do i keep a meat a cubit back two cubits three cubits four cubits there was a a relationship between he and his god as to how much you can trust so this act of uh, gleaning was certainly a very spiritual act, or should have been a very spiritual act. And um, Boaz was very, very careful to make sure that it was carried out on his field. And uh, like our giving to the poor, there's nothing in, in the scriptures that says how much you've got to do. But it is a very spiritual act and we've got to do it. And how much we can can we trust God with of, of, of our resources and how much we need for ourselves.
0: Interesting to draw attention to the fact of uh, Ruth containing wonderful insight, not only into a marriage and the death of a partner leaving a widow, but also the relationship between the employer and the employee in the welfare sense. Because Boaz, in fact, is a wonderful employer, loves his employees, is obviously a generous employer, but not just to his employees, but also to this gleaning that would go on uh, for people who were in poverty and starving.
2: Yes, and um, um, he gave very strict instructions to uh, his workers that she wasn't to be molested on the field. I mean, we, we know nowadays that a uh, work, safe workplace is more than having guards on your machine. You've got to make sure that no things go on that shouldn't go on. And he did that, and um, really was quite quite impressive, and he was did it before he knew that uh, she was a relative.
0: So here was a vulnerable woman uh, who would be likely to be accosted by men, uh, but he actually spreads his wings a little bit further and uh, and takes her into his care. Saying go off there and uh, you know drink where the men are drinking and uh, and so she comes under the care and so at this point at at this point in the story she's not actually necessary she doesn't even know him doesn't know no but he knows that there is this woman who has accompanied uh, Naomi and so therefore he's saying let's afford her some protection. How do you think
2: that works in a modern context, Ted? Well, basically exactly the same way. Uh, we are to provide protection, irrespective of who the person is. There is there is nobody out there who is not worthy of protection. Um, now, she was a Moabite. The Israelites considered the Moabites as uh, morally uh, inferior, and she would have been considered by many as easy picking, but he made sure, no, she, she's to be protected. She's to be protected and, and cared for just as much as if she was a local.
0: I'm just trying to find it. I've got the uh, book of Ruth open and uh, just this relationship between Boaz and in his employees. Boaz arrives at work in the morning and uh, basically saying, uh, hey,
2: good morning, everybody. (laughs) Goes straight to the employees. Doesn't go to the... uh to the supervisor.
0: That's right. So th- there's some lessons in here that you can glean, and and maybe you don't say this is a handbook for leadership and management, but some of the things that Boaz does in keeping those employee relations and keeping your eye on those who are closest to you at work, uh, these are actually incredible, wonderful virtues
2: that you can glean from Boaz. Oh, you can. He reads the right act to his employees to make sure they behave properly.
0: Yeah, Let's talk about some of this terminology that some listeners will be familiar with. Others, uh, it'll be all new to them. Uh, the thought of a kinsman redeemer. And the word redeemer is something we're used to talking about when we are Christians because usually we talk about Jesus, our redeemer. And redemption, something to do with uh, you know being free from shackles, being freed from slavery in that sense. And so here you have uh, Ruth, and Naomi, and they are under Boaz's care in this sense, and he has some obligations because he's related to Naomi's uh, former husband. Now, give us some insight here into how you understand the idea of a kinsman-redeemer. Well, the law
2: uh, laid out uh, very, very strictly uh, what was to happen if a um, woman was left destitute, um, if they were basically to... Uh, the, the brother of her husband was to marry her and uh, raise up a child to uh, carry on the name of his brother. And um, in a situation where you had no uh, social security, it it, it it worked. But, of course, uh, in Ruth, we're working outside of the situation that was envisaged in the law. And uh, as one commentator said, though in an area where they were guided by the law but led by the Spirit. And uh, that's something that we all need to be guided by the law but led by the Spirit. So
0: Naomi's husband, Elimelech, Mm -hmm. had family land. So we work out how that all worked, a kinsman redeemer, because as the land uh, that would be sold uh, to Boaz was uh, given uh, the ret- the, re- the proceeds from that, ended up in Naomi's hand. So yep. she's she's uh, uh, remunerated for uh, being the one who is uh, who was uh, Elimelech's wife. And so Boaz, actually in his redemption, he does this by buying the land. But in buying the land,
2: he gets a new wife as well. He gets a new wife as well. <laughs> so. <laughs> the, the, the arrangement, it, it's not really quite clear what was happening. but it's, uh, Just as likely that uh, Ruth was saying, well, we're not selling the land unless you marry me because um, we're not really in a situation that was governed by the law and uh, it was probably just a, a widower and a, and a widow marrying. But there were implications of whoever bought the land because at the year of Jubilee, it had to go back to uh, the family. You didn't buy it permanently.
0: Uh, That's right. And, uh, you know, you've got to have a sort of a deeper understanding, haven't you, of uh, those uh, Israelite laws, uh, laws that came from God to protect the assets of a family. All of these things are important. How does it relate to a modern day farming community when you start to see the integrity by which some of these things happened in the book of Ruth? Is there something we can glean from that for a modern day farming well, community?
2: A, a modern day farmer, you find has got a very very strong connection to his land, just as the Israelites had a, that strong connection, and as I told our Aboriginal uh, friends, have got uh, that very very strong connection to the land. It, it's, it's really hard to put your finger on it, but it is it when you're working it, and it, it's just something very very tangible, and letting go of it is a very very big solemn thing. For many people the integrity by which
0: we can read about in Ruth uh, do you see sometimes that happening or a lack of it in some farming communities where there's been tragedy and uh, are there those who are ready to swoop on you know what might be a very profitable farm I mean I <laughs> I'm just sort of digging a little bit deeper here well, de- how
2: do you <laughs> there's definitely somebody willing to snoop uh, to to swoop, there always is. Uh, I think most people now have got some uh, understanding of values, and uh, farms are not cheap these days. But um, yeah, it's it it really is quite complicated. It really is quite complicated. The issue here, isn't it? It's
0: integrity. integrity. Here you have exactly Boaz is a man of integrity, and. Uh, clearly wants to do the right thing by everyone so he meets with all the elders and yeah. says before I proceed in any direction here I need permission from the elders so you've got this integrity that says I want to keep all the right laws
2: yeah and he's making sure that uh, the closer uh, relative uh, also uh, was having to behave himself too because it was all out in the open he, uh, Nobody could say anything But you know, the interesting thing was Ruth and Boaz were miles apart socially, but they both had virtue and was that one characteristic that tied them together. And that's what you need, two virtuous people. And when two virtuous people come together, what a powerful thing that is. And those virtues
0: come from being a part of God's people, the Israelite nation, shaped by the values that were there, uh, that had been passed. Why don't we take a call and uh, we'll hear from a listener? Uh, Ted uh, Newitt is in Adelaide. Hello, Newitt. Welcome along. Yes. Well. Uh,
1: yeah. Good morning, Neil. Good morning, Newitt. Um, what are your thoughts? I just want- yeah, my thought is that now it's wonderful what the author talk about the rural life and everything is lovely. But my my approach to I see it in the different ways well it's such my most loved book as well. I love that the book of Ruth yep. and to see it, it's a very prophetic book. And um, with a kinsman, the redeemer, a Gentile who loved the God of Israel and met her um, Redeemer, the Saviour.
0: Yeah. Yes, and I see
1: that angle as well. And a, little.
0: Newart, a wonderful connection there because uh, in, in one sense here, we who are Gentile believers, yeah. those mm-hmm. who are not from Israel, uh, we That's start right. to experience yeah. something in this book of Ruth where God is accepting of those who are outside of the fold. Is that something we, that you're relating yeah. to here? Yeah, yeah
2: exactly, exactly. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. your thoughts here, Ted, for it. Well, look, you're, you're, you're dead right. Um, it, the book of Ruth should not have happened. Ruth, uh, Moabite, she was uh, from a cursed nation, should, should never have married into the, uh, into the line of Christ. But um, our father ripped up the rule book and he found a woman of virtue. There, it would appear that there was no one in Israel and he had to go next door and he found a very, very virtuous woman. And he showed us what uh, generosity is like, care is like. He showed us what leadership is like. Uh, as one of the commentators I read said, Judaism does not expect this kind of uh, uh, service from its people, but it does expect it from its leaders. They showed us what leadership was like. And of course, the book of Ruth finishes with the word David. David. They the the genes were right for that blessed, blessed king.
0: Knew it. Any other thoughts from you? Wow,
1: well, that is and uh, now that is. I, I, I yeah. My, my love for that book is uh, is um is 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 the prof- prophecy about the church, and also when I read that, um, I know that the Book of Ruth was read during Shavuot, which is the Pentecost. It is. it is. for the, the Jewish
0: people yes They're one of the major people. Jewish feasts wonderful. Yeah. Yep. It was yeah. a, the harvest and yeah. so when we talk about harvest harvest is right at the centre of
2: this book Ted. exactly it, it, it's uh, all the, the Jewish feasts are around um, harvests and uh, it, it, timing is certainly around uh, around those key times in, in the Jewish life um yeah, it, it really is a time when the apostasy of Israel was such that they should have been wiped from the face of the earth. The, the things that uh, that went on um, with the murder of that uh, the concubine and the civil wars that uh, followed, they were very, very dark days. They were enough for God to say, I've had enough of you. I'll start again. But no, he says, no, I'm... I'm I am your Redeemer. I am your Redeemer, and I will bring you a Saviour, first a King and then our own Lord Jesus.
0: Newart, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. Because these were such dark days, some people will say, well, why is a story like this in the Bible? Yes, there's the lineage uh, by which... Uh, Jesus is ultimately born uh, but uh, goes on uh, through to David but the thought of when those dark days are there what sets people apart obedience to God the virtues of those who've been shaped by the culture this is an important element of why
2: even the book of Ruth might be in the
0: bible yeah. would you think
2: well one of the uh, rabbis of old say well what's the point of was asked what's the point of Ruth And he said basically to show that there is great reward in being kind. And uh, we can all be kind. You know, Naomi had nothing, but she was kind. Right, Boaz had something, a bit more, and he was kind. We don't have to have a great deal to bless and to be kind.
0: There's a bit of a movement uh, that sometimes we'll bring up, and we take it fairly lightly, this thought of random acts of kindness. You know, uh, hey, Ted, go out today and, you know, maybe, you you know, if you're feeling good, uh, do a random act of kindness. You know, pay for somebody's groceries or, you know, you're going through the drive through at McDonald's and you pay for the person uh, who's coming in behind. Uh Those sorts of things, we can throw that away as just some sort of a way of thinking of a modern uh, feel-good movement. But there's a certain sense in which these sorts of acts of kindness are highlighted in this book
2: of Ruth. Well, exactly. Look, the one thing that sticks out in the book of Ruth is the way that people blessed each other. A very powerful uh, theme through the book. The poor, the rich could bless and yeah, brand, I don't know how random they were because it just came out of their nature. You know, it's not what they didn't do it because they must do it. They did it because it was their nature to do these things. So more than a random act of kindness, an
0: intentional act of kindness, something that has uh, marked the uh, the people of the characters of this book shaped by their own culture. And so when they are emerging from the tough times... Uh, that sort of generosity is what marked Boaz exactly. and, and his team of workers. Exactly. You have a, a wonderful quote in your book, which uh, which is by one of those uh, who has endorsed your book, uh, Professor Stuart Piggin, Yes, uh, who says, Most Bible commentaries are so cluttered with technicalities and problems that they leave us with hot heads and cool hearts but Ruth has the reverse effect.
2: Uh, There's something emotional about this. Oh, it definitely is. Now, the reality is getting a book published in Australia is next to impossible. And uh, I was sitting one day, I had a visit from uh, Bishop Noel Nowak of the Lutheran Church. Now, I don't normally work at uh, such high levels, but I knew Noel when he was the the, uh, pastor in uh, Laidley, and he came in to chew the fat. And we got talking about... um, Uh, Ruth and uh, my desire to write the book. I said, but it's so much work and nobody will read it. He said, Ted, spending time in God's word is reward enough. I thought, yeah, you're right. So what I resolved was, if the only people that will read this book will be my church, I will write this book to my church in the potato field. It's their problems. These are the ones that they're facing day in, day out. And it freed me from having to think, what is my publisher going to want? I just wrote for my church. And yeah, it is very uh, a lot of emotion tied up in it, because I wrote this to my friends. And talking about kindness
0: is not something, even as Christians, we're caught up with, because we might think that there are priorities to talk about, you know, salvation. We might talk about the incarnation coming into Christmas. We might talk about some of the big themes of Scripture, but sometimes kindness gets put on the back burner. Uh, When you bring these sorts of issues around the book of Ruth to the fore,
2: kindness is at the center. Right, at the very, very center. There's very little in there of a spiritual content, but um, kindness is at the very, very heart of it. And uh, you'll see that Ruth is, um, well, Naomi first, and then Boaz reminds God of, of her kindness and say, so God, you saw how she acted. You better do the same thing. From the New Testament,
0: you've drawn some connection to even words that Jesus uses in the Lord's Prayer around issues of kindness and
2: forgiveness. Yes, uh, Look, we have in in the Lord's prayer, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who uh, sin against us. The very core where basically we who are beggars are telling God to imitate us. And you see that in Ruth, as I just mentioned, Naomi in chapter 1 and uh, in chapter 2 with Boaz, looking at her kindness and commending her to God to receive that same kindness that she had been shown to others. And Boaz,
0: as the employer, he's the boss. He's the as boss. you say, she ends up marrying the richest guy in town. So there's a, there's a sort of a, you know, for a lot of people, uh, that's, a, that's the happy ending. But we've got the richest guy in town. And he's the one who is the one in this story who is most generous and if we talk about those things that have been gleaned from the culture of the israelite nation coming right back to you know those 10 commandments and what god has as in store for his people the thought that these kindnesses have been a part of the culture of the people of israel but also reflected in the heart of god in his kindness well, well, in sending is. his own son it so is. kindness goes right through from right to, from the early days, right to uh, to
2: Jesus and God's uh, sacrificial kindness. Well, there's a, a, a Hebrew word in there called hesed, and almost impossible to translate. It is, but it's something that we know only from God. He showed us what it is, and um, his loving kindness is just beyond measure. And uh, one uh, Hebrew uh, commentator said, you know, it's one of the greatest gifts that God has given to us, the understanding that our life is not random, that there is consequence to our actions for good and for ill. Not that things are automatic, but there is consequences. And uh, he remembers it for a thousand generations, his kindness. You're from a
0: small community, Ted, a small rural community. As you say, your local church, uh, it's in a potato field. Uh, The way that people relate to one another, if you're going to live in community, you've got to recognize somehow that uh, generosity in in that, uh, the opportunity to bless others in that is the way that community grows. Do we learn something? And so what would you say to people who are listening from the city about what you can learn if you understand what happens in rural communities here about how you can grow this sort of
2: closeness of community in a in a in, even in an urban setting? Well, I think it's a lot harder in a in an urban setting, but the problems are still there. I mean, the problems of poverty, the problems of, of people who are lonely and destitute, the, this they're city problems as well, and. Uh, Really, the churches do need to find ways of addressing it. Now, it's going to be very, very different uh, in the city to the country. But they do have to be addressed. And, uh, you know, sometimes you've got to take stock and really think, how are we as a church going to address this problem? Let's talk
0: about Ruth and her character for a moment because you could say, well, God just randomly chose Ruth, but that wouldn't be going far enough, would it? Because no, no, it wouldn't be. she has obviously adapted to the sort of character that was expected in Naomi's family. And so she, in her loyalty, stuck so close to Naomi. And this kindness was a part of who she was. In fact, that's what she was recognized for by Boaz, because yeah. she had been so kind to Naomi. So kindness, is this something that you learn? Is it something that comes naturally? How do I, you I, describe I don't,
2: that? I don't think so. Uh, now, Ruth is described as, um, as, as virtuous. Now, she has been in Israel for a maximum of three months. You don't get virtuous over three months. Uh, you know, the good Lord is working on us, but that's a quality she had to have in um, in Moab. It's the, the quality that uh, caused her to, to stick to Naomi, even when Naomi was uh, pushing her away. It, it's a quality that is cultivated over life. And, um, yeah, there are times then it just comes to the fore and there are times when you just need that character. If you're feeling like you are on the
0: outside, if you're the one who's... Uh, like the foreigner, uh, not being so easily accepted. And let's uh, bring this down to not only communities, but families, because some people feel even isolated and lonely uh, because they've married into a family and this family doesn't necessarily easily accept them. Is there something here that you can glean from the well, book of Ruth I'd that say says. For,
2: for, yeah. From Ruth, remember, she was pushy. She didn't say no, she pushed her way in. And uh, sometimes if uh, people are not being as accepting as they can be, you've just got to be pushy. And, and pushy she was and because pushy she, was. Yeah, she, she actually uh,
0: caught a hold of Naomi and uh, refused to leave. She her. refused to leave. And uh, so her acts of goodness and kindness were caring for the needs of Naomi.
2: It was and then when she uh, got onto the um, gleaning in the field uh, she needed to get the best gleaning so she could feed the two of them so she Basically, didn't actually demand, but she asked very, very strongly. Give me the very best, best part of this. And when it came into the threshing field, she she wasn't backwards and going up to bows and saying, "Marry me, do your responsibility." So no, she 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 just wasn't, uh, a, you know. Do you think she was back she, Do you she think went, she was uh, a cluey
0: lady who actually knew that the system was there and uh, there was a way to oh, understand the system yeah, she, so so she knew that she, she knew the system yep yeah, so she actually you know she sought advice from Naomi about how to fit in and Naomi's on her side because she's serving Naomi and, yeah, exactly. and Naomi is actually giving uh, her that that nudge that says, "Hey, this is what you need to do to find your way into this community."
2: Yeah, well, Naomi was slow in the uptake. You know, and she came back and she was really very, very depressed. And uh, but eventually, you know, they basically we've got to do something about this. If we just sit in our uh, the place where we're at, we'll starve. And uh, they just got on and did what they had to do to to make the best of it. What do you think the book of Ruth says to people who are wallowing in their
0: own uh, lack, uh, wallowing in their own isolation, feeling dreadful about themselves? Is there a message for that person that says before God, uh, you have an opportunity to push your way into whatever circumstance
2: and become part of that community? Well, exactly. Look, you can look at the situation and say that this is all there is, but it's it's not all there is. You know, when Ruth uh, came back, it was the start of the barley harvest. Look out around you. There, there'll be opportunities. Grab them. Grab everyone. Ask your friends for advice. God can be trusted. Even in your deepest sorrow, he can be trusted. And there will be a way out of it. We're running out of time, but perhaps we can finish on a
0: point like this, that God can be trusted and... Right throughout the story in Ruth, we see God working behind the scenes. scenes. He's the one who is not only dealing with the relationships in a new little community with outsiders coming in and uh, the employer-employee relations and uh, the the works that go on in keeping the laws of the town, but he's also got the history of the whole world in mind. And here's someone who pushed her way in, who became a part of the lineage that led to Jesus Christ. God had his hand on the whole circumstance.
2: He certainly did. It looked it looked for all intents and purposes like this, was out of control. Where was God? People spoke about him. He's nowhere to be seen until the very last verses when uh, God grants uh, Ruth the pregnancy. But, um, you know, they did what they could do with the light that they'd been given, and they were faithful to what they were the truth that God had given them. And God proved trustworthy. I mean, poor old Boaz, no wife, no children, from what you can see. I mean, he'd had a pretty tough life. He'd had a pretty tough life. And uh, for anybody to trust God, Boaz would have had as much issues as anybody else. But he did.
0: Well, the relationships are important. And as you pick up uh, your own Bible today and turn to the book of Ruth, and uh, really it's a very short Book. It's a very quick story to read and you'll hear of uh, all sorts of different relationship dimensions as you read from the book of Ruth today. But uh, my, uh, my uh, special honor to you, Edgar, because here you are, uh, you've written a book for your very, very small community. Uh, you're a part of the Tent Hill Baptist Church, 10 minutes out of Gatton. The church is there in a potato field. It's a small rural farming community. And you've seen just how significant those values from the book of Ruth have been to a small rural community. And there'll be lots of people listening into our conversation today saying, hey, you could be talking about the community that I live in and uh, how those relationships develop and what preciousness God has on the developing character of kindness that we read in the book of Ruth. Edgar Stubbersfield is our guest. Edgar's book is called Ruth, a somewhat different commentary. You can get a hold of it at Kurong or online through Amazon and other online booksellers. Ruth, a somewhat different commentary by Edgar Stubbersfield. Uh, Ted, Thanks so much for coming in and Best sharing deal. your Thank heart. Thank you very much. Wonderful.
1: Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find
2: out more about us, go to vision.org.au.